Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. It is Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that number, 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Matt. And yeah, it's been a weird day. Uh, of course, we just we just got back in. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say right off the bat, I don't know how you feel, but I'm a bad host today for, for one reason. I have no idea what happened in the world today at all. All I know is what happened in Concord today. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I got here about 10 minutes ago, I think, and I sat down and I was like, okay, Bonnie's not here. Matt's not here. Ian's not here. I've got to find some sort of show <laughs> prep on a, on a solo to just mission. talk about, which is okay for one segment. But uh, after- Doors opening. I think Bonnie just walked in, so we might be uh, might be in total, totally good shape right now. Yeah. After one segment of that, though, it just gets so so monotonous hearing yourself speak that it's yeah it starts getting rougher and rougher as time goes on but as you mentioned we have been in concord all day at a bill hearing i only attended one did you go to more i than went one to today? two i went to two you went to the midwife one as well yeah i went to the, the midwifery one and i went to the uh, secession one hey bon how did the midwifery one go uh it went great actually um a, a lot a lot of people got uh, got schooled Okay, that's good. And uh, I like to see that the, the midwives. Uh, the one thing you find out when you, if you, I, I've had a strange life. I, I have a lot of background with mid, with mid, with midwifery. <laughs> you wouldn't think that's something you know some you know average dude would have a background in, but I do. And I'll tell you, when you met a whole bunch of them, they are some of the most dedicated, well-educated. Uh, uh, continuing to be well-educated people, absolutely devoted to their craft, people that you will ever meet. I can I can see that. I mean, because they have dedicated their lives to the subject of childbirth and making that experience mm-hmm. easier. Yeah, and it has nothing. It's it's it, it is not ever going to make you rich. It, this is one of those professions that is all about the passion that they have for the subject matter. They are driven to be absolutely phenomenal. Every single one of them. Um, and whenever they, you, you, every once in a while, if you see one that, that seems like they're, they're losing the love of love affair with it, or they're, they're, uh, just run down from it. They quit. They stop. They just don't, they don't milk it and keep continuing on acting like, you know, that's the way it should be. You know, if you get burned out on something, just stop stop doing it. Stop. And they do, they do. So I don't know anything about midwifery or anything like that, except what Nikki has told me. Uh, she's a doula, which is 
Like she's a midwife in training. I don't know what the Correct. difference is. So the first thing you need to know is it's midwifery. Midwifery? Midwives midwifery. practiced practice midwifery. Okay. That's a whiff. Uh, <laughs> so that that's a good place to start. Um, midwives are... Um, so let's start with a doula. Nikki's a doula, right? Right. And she's, a, and she's also a midwife in training. A doula is a person who kind of provides uh, emotional support to the woman while she's laboring. You know, uh, okay. f- physical and, and moral support. It can be very exhausting to give birth to a child, obviously. I can't imagine, so, but yeah. I, I would not be surprised that it's exhausting. Yes. Yeah. So the doula's job is to kind of uh, be a cheering section and to actually prop them up, physically get behind them, prop them up, support them while they're pushing, you know, because they get tired out and they really just can't pull themselves up anymore. So the doula will get under them and like prop them up and, you know, get them into a better position that might be easier to push that way. That's what a doula, things that, that a doula might do. The midwife... Um, is a little bit more medical than that. Uh, okay. The, the, so the mid the midwife is gonna do the midwife's gonna be the one that's uh, paying visits to the house on a regular basis all the way up until the the big day. The doula goes too, just because you want the doula wants to have a good relationship with a woman. You know, it makes sense. I mean, the, if you're going to be their emotional support, you should know that person fairly right, well. Exactly. So, but the the they're gonna go in with the midwives and, and the midwife is going to do things like take samples of this or that and get them analyzed at labs and make sure everything's going well. and Essentially the same things that doctors do. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, it should be said the other way around. Doctors do basically the same things that midwives ah, do. good point. Because One for of the things thousands of really... years, midwives did this. And doctors, if you think about it, doctors aren't really... They shouldn't be having anything to do with childbirth because doctors are people who attend to the sick and the injured. They are hmm, not, you know, pregnancy point. is not an injury or an illness. It's a very natural part of human existence. And yeah. and there's already a very dedicated field of people who are extremely good at that. You wouldn't believe it after millions of years of evolution that there's people who can handle that. So uh, doctors uh, at some point kind of came into the picture and and said, we'll handle this. And they shut down midwifery, basically. And over well, the- not in New Hampshire, as I understand it, but they're, they're attempting to. They're trying to, this bill, whether it passes or not, it will create this midwifery council where two out of three of the people on the council are registered physicians with the state yeah. and not midwives. Right. You would and, think and, it would be the other way around. And, and I, I was trying to think, you know, I, I, I you know, conspiracy minded matt goes right into action hmm it looks like the medical industrial complex is trying to control more stuff and uh it turns out that the the party that actually wrote the legislation was the new hampshire office of licensing and registration or whatever so they just want midwives to register they want them to be they want to be licensed Um, and all that which they already the thing is it's it's, you know massachusetts actually has better midwifery laws because they don't have to be licensed you can be a common like a well uh uh, i can't remember what they call them like an unlicensed uh, regular practitioner of midwifery you don't have to have a license for that in massachusetts that's curious for massachusetts you it, it is crazy Actually, it's so backwards. In New Hampshire, that's the way it should be. We can't tell the New Hampshire midwives this because a lot of them are hardcore statists and they think, well, I am a duly licensed blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I jumped through all of these hoops, so everyone else should have to jump right, through them. It's yeah. a single, same old song and, and they, they see it as a club, but they forever they have been, they're called CPM, Certified Professional Midwife. Um, at that point, um, 
at this point in, in New Hampshire, up until this point in New Hampshire, they've always been self-regulated. So they have a midwifery committee or whatever, and they are the you know the the uh, credentialing organization, if you will. Sort of like how guilds used to be, right? Basically, back in the day. like a guild, and the Which guild is, is preferable. Reco- it is totally preferable. The guild is recognized by the state. The state recognized them to be self-regulating, and that's good enough for the state. But now this licensing agency from the state wants them all to be. This and that and overseen by such and such. And it turns out the people they wanted to be overseen by aren't other midwives who know what they're talking about. Which would make too much sense for the government. Right. It's actually they want to have a doctor, a nurse, and a midwife. So it's two hospital people who don't know anything about midwifery plus a midwife. So it, it should seems, definitely be the other way around. Totally. Or, or yeah, I mean, and, if they want one doctor and one nurse, okay, but three midwives. And the way it is now actually is the other way around. They have three midwives, an obstetrician, an obstetrician, and a uh, and a uh, uh, like a, uh, a consumer advocate type person, like a person who's had a midwife birth in her house before. So she's on the board too. So they have somebody from the public. They have three midwives and a doctor. Sounds like that's a better system than allowing doctors and nurses to determine what midwives can and can't do and which ones can and can't be registered. Correct. And and that doctor actually stepped up to the plate and spoke today and said, I'm an OB. I've been an OB for 30 years. I've had three children in my home with midwives, and I can't do what they do. I have no business doing what they do. And here's why I'm against this bill. So this is an OB who's had personally had three uh, three midwife births at home and uh, cheering on the midwives at the state house. It was, it was nice to see. It was a good feel. So how many speakers were there for this? A bunch. Really? Oh, man. Wow. The, the room was packed. We could have had to be... I, I'd say if it was more packed, they would have had to move it to a bigger room, just like they almost did with us. So... That's that's impressive. It was great. Speaking was of, great. I mean, you say with us, and of course, there was a bill hearing that we both were at. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, what do you think your chances are of this midwife bill being dead on arrival? Um, there was only one person who was really cheering for it, and that was the state, obviously. And when we come back, I'll tell you more about why uh, she was cheering on that that bill so much. We're also going to tell you about the other bill hearing, the New Hampshire Independence hearing that we went to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was absolutely packed. Standing room only for a lot of people. No seats available. Other people were like sitting back in the shadows. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us on the show, again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight is Aria, Matt, and Bonnie. And we're raising funds with Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to families in need by passing the aid organizations that will then make the decisions about how best to spend their money. Instead, you can use Give Directly which puts the cash directly into the hands of people who live in poverty because they're the ones best suited to make the determination about what they actually need. Instead of some distant aid organization thinking, okay, yes, they need three pairs of boots. The family can go, we don't need any boots. What we need is a decent meal. Give Directly allows that to happen. You can contribute to our campaign at give.freetalklive.com. 
Use ours because we're matching your donations up to $30,000. So if the people out there give $30,000, Free Talk Live is also contributing $30,000. So check it out, give.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the New Hampshire bill hearings that we went to today, and you were going to tell us there was just one person who was cheering on the mm-hmm. midwifery bill. Yeah, she and she turns out to be the person that wrote it, and I, from what I can tell, she's a, an attorney that works for the state, and the reason she wants to rope all these midwives under this yoke is because the state is at risk of getting sued by the Federal Trade Commission. Ooh. Curveball. Why is the FTC right? going to sue the state of New Hampshire? Because they see this guild, as we just called it. Guild sounds like a fair characterization Basically of it. what it is. But remember, they're forced to be a guild if they want to exist. Because this is the agreement they made with the state back in like 1990. This is why they're, you know, they forced them to get licenses. And they forced them to do all this stuff. And now they're, you know, they kind of forced them into this guild. But now what that guild looks like to the feds to the federal trade commission is a monopoly oh dear lord (laughs) so the federal trade commission could go after the state for not regulating these people correctly according to the antitrust laws why would would regulating it make it not a monopoly i mean well they're making a state sanctioned council that would uh, license and regulate it right. instead of having a private organization recognized by the state to do it it's going to be actually part a of worse the state monopoly yes a monopoly exactly. by the state exactly. instead of and I, I saw something in there that it, it is all it's always been true and, and in this in this circumstance it was a double down on it because i, I i've always said there's nothing more dangerous than a paranoid bureaucrat and this was a paranoid bureaucrat who was paranoid of getting sued by other paranoid bureaucrats. So what do you think the chances are of this law actually being dead on arrival? Because um, the libertarian position, from what I can tell, and again, I'm not an expert, is that we don't want this garbage to pass. Problem is, a lot of these midwives aren't libertarians. Oh, so you had a bunch of these midwives basically they're all, cheering they're this They're basically on? all Democrats who hate Donald Trump, except for a few that sprinkled in there who don't like to let themselves be known as what they really believe, who are more like us, right? Right. Um, so, uh, but even the uh, even the uh, uh, the statist midwives were like, this this can't be this this is not good for us. We want this table. This has got to be. This isn't something that we want to amend. We want this to be gone completely. If you want to replace it with something else, we'll talk about that. But and of course, the state's attorney like, well, we got to do it soon because we're gonna get we're gonna get sued by the FTC and blah, you know. So it's a bunch of paranoid people who are uh, unfortunately, I see the midwives going with something along those lines because they want to be very obedient to the state. Yeah. Um, what they're not noticing, a lot of them are, uh, you know. They're they're critical of you know the Republicans and their hatred of masks and so forth. But a lot of them are very nature hippie girls who are <laughs> you know. I would have I would have assumed that you know yeah. just off the people who want to operate outside of the established medical right. apparatus and, would tend to be more. And liberty they, they really people. haven't clicked with what's going on in their businesses yet. A lot of the people they're servicing right now are home birth home birthing for the first time because they don't want to go through the covid bull crap at the hospital and they don't buy into the vaccines and they're worried about the the feds coming and taking their kids because they're not you know getting vaccinated and so forth and and things like the real that thing so, to be worried about yeah it really is it, t- it truly is so people are calling on these midwives 
to come deliver their babies for them. It's great. It's great. And all that's going to happen is they're going to really enjoy their childbirth. They're going to like, holy cow, I delivered my first three kids in a hospital. It was a horror show. And here I am having, <laughs> this was beautiful. I loved every second of this. It's amazing. My kids and my family were around, you know, they're, uh, it's funny. I'm in a, I'm in a private group on signal with some friends and I, I mentioned it, that, uh, this was happening today. And one of my friends was like, Oh, I'm telling my wife about that. And he told her, told her about it, <laughs> and he messages me, and he says, "My wife's my, my my wife is reading the legislation at about a level eight right now. <laughs> She's walking around the house reading it out loud, like screaming at you because they have just had a baby with a midwife, right? So they're very protective of the the home birth situation now. Um, and for the listeners, I recommend you you reach out into your state to your local midwives, even if you know you don't plan on having a baby, or it's not even guys, you know, just call up your local, you know, your local." But uh, not in a creepy way. Not in a creepy way. Just call them and say, hey, what's going on with mid- midwifery in this state? How how legal is it? And how much flack do you people take for this? And is there anything we can do legislatively? What what position should we p- be taking? And you have to be a little bit careful because there's different types of midwives. You got the, the, the home birth midwives. And then you got the certified nurse midwives who work only in hospitals, only under doctors. And those midwives tend to take a different tact about hospital birth obviously there's a vested interest to have people come into the hospital for them yeah so, it seems like that type wouldn't really qualify as midwives in the first place right yeah, well they are they, they are they're, they're trained as midwives but they are typically chapter and verse the state's dictats and the medical industry's dictats about where a midwife's place is which isn't what outside the hospital midwives would agree with absolutely so the other bill we went to today was the new hampshire independence bill and Man, that was eye-opening. Uh, that that one guy who got to speak for twenty-seven minutes. Man, I have never. Oh, the wanted... guy Brody Deshays that we went over his crap last yeah. night. Me, me, Nikki, and Ian did. Yeah, Republican. Mm. Yeah, he's so full of it, dude. He's lying. Like he he can't possibly believe what he's saying. I, I, think, I think he does. I think he does. I I don't know. I you think... can't read the Constitution and be- believe what he believes. You well, just can't unless you're stupid. And you he doesn't I, seem stupid. I think what, he's evil. Well, I I I think he's very full of himself. You could tell that by his foremost. eyebrow looks. Yeah, big time. Uh, so I threw him a couple glances. Me too. I have, I have harder glance than he does. I'm harder than he is. So, <laughs> but I, uh, one thing I noticed about what he said was he consulted constitutional scholars everywhere, even internationally. I'm like, why are you asking anybody international about hmm. American jurisprudence? On why, any- <laughs> that's funny. I didn't catch that. Why would you ask any constitutional scholars? Uh, their opinions are useless because they the, are the constitution. The New Hampshire constitution is relevant in this particular scenario because we're talking about amending the. New New Hampshire Constitution, but the U.S. Constitution has nothing to do with this. It was written more than 200 years ago by people who are dead. The very notion that these people wrote down this thing and that's going to bind their descendants for all eternity. There is no tyranny more insolent than when you're governed by the dead. You can't hold the dead accountable. We can't call up Thomas Jefferson and be like, hey, dude, I have a little bit of an issue with this thing you wrote here in Section 2, Article 1. Well, Thomas Jefferson was also the one that said we should uh, Americans should be revisiting and, and uh, replacing the Constitution once, once every 19 or 20, once in a generation, basically. So. Yeah, well... <laughs> If that would, if that had happened, we would just be looking at a constitution now that authorized the government that we have in Which place. Which it did anyway. Well, it allowed it. By the way, Spooner was quoted a couple times at the hearing. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? 
Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And we're talking about the New Hampshire Independence Bill hearing that happened today. It was an interesting experience. You know, I wrote out this thing last night. I was like, all right, I'm going to memorize it because it's really easy to memorize like a minute, minute and a half of speech. And... Wrote it out, but as I sat there listening to all of these other people talking, I was like, no, 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 forget what I wrote. This needs to be said. This needs to be said. This needs to be said. Had it all worked out, then I sat down, and all of that stuff just went out my head. So that sucked. But a lot of people (laughs) did say the same arguments that I intended to make. You know, this... If if you're dealing with a domestic abuse victim, you, you never tell her to just stay in the abusive relationship because she's fearful that the abuse will escalate or that the person will hunt her down and kill her. And when it, when you get to the end of the day, that's what people are arguing about the United States government. It's like, hey, we can't break up with the United States government. They told us we're useless without them. No one will love us like they love us. It's you gaslighting. Know? Yeah, it's 100% gaslighting. And if, and if we dare leave them, and one of the representatives even made this argument, this was settled during the Civil War. Oh, so might as well. Deshays. Yes. I'm never going to remember his name, but Brody, that- Brody. His name is Brody. Yes, <laughs> I even I said that yesterday to Nikki. I was like, he just looks like a Brody. And you know, the kid is he's 23 years old. He's 23. He? He's 23. Well, he appears to be older than that. So good on him for presenting himself as you know someone who's more knowledgeable than he probably is. Yeah. So he, the, my problem with him is he he comes off to me like. A future lawyer or some other disgusting animal of the exactly. He wants to be part of the federal system, probably. So that's why he can't. uh, He has to lie and uh, cheat his way into us not seceding. Yeah, and since he's political, he's probably the type of person that is going to have grander aspirations. You know, he's egotistical as it gets. Now he redefines sovereignty in a way that does not encapsulate sovereignty. Sovereignty is pretty simple. You're either sovereign over yourself and you have control of yourself, or you're not. Right. And he worked out this weird definition of sovereignty. State sovereignty. Yeah, where like New Hampshire is sovereign, the federal government is sovereign, and we agreed to give up sections of our sovereignty to one another in exchange for their sovereignty. But there is no manner in which the U.S. federal government is in which New Hampshire is sovereign over the United States federal government. Such, such a scenario doesn't exist. Right. It's, it's a one-way exchange of fealty and power where... We have to swear obedience to them, and in return, they won't clamp down too hard with their boot. The whole, everything he said was just slimy. Gee, that sounds like a good trade forever, forever, forever. So many people pointed that out. I was like, look, just imagine if we weren't part of the United States, right? If New Hampshire had just always been independent, and people came to you with the proposal of joining the United States of America, 
Would you be willing to do it? Absolutely no one in their right mind would say yes to this. Right. Oh, okay, I get to give up my sovereignty. I get to pay a bunch of federal taxes. I lose a ton of liberty. I have to pay for your bombs abroad. I have to pay for your wars, for your drug war. No, that's a terrible pitch. And all your pensions. Yeah, you're also going broke at a rapid rate. I have to use your money, which is rapidly becoming more Garbage. and more useless. It's a terrible sales pitch. And you know, there was a... Sorry, Bonnie, go for it. I was going to say, that's one of the things that I just know he was lying about. He he isn't stupid, so he was either stupid or lying when he's, he told people um, in a writing yesterday, I forget what uh, magazine it was in, but me and Ian and Nikki went over it. He said, one third of our uh, income comes from the federal government. We couldn't sustain our... He is either lying or ignorant of the fact that we give more than that to the federal government. They give us a part back. So he right. he tried to sell that to people as oh we there's one third of money that comes into New Hampshire that we wouldn't have if we seceded no we would never have to give more than that away I think what he's probably referring to are the arms contracts with Sig what is that what, or what do you mean Sig Sauer is a giant in the firearms industry and it's in Exeter New Hampshire and that's federal the military buys loads and loads and loads of munitions and arms munitions from SIG. I mean, they could still do that, though, like voluntarily. They could absolutely That's, still do that. I yeah. would rather they not. I would, I mean, but if if I was, they're probably SIG's biggest customer, to be honest. Biggest single customer. The American gun owner buys a lot more firearms than the military does. I think if I was the owner, I would rather not sell to the military in the same way that a lot of these pharmaceutical companies don't sell, you know, lethal injection drugs to states and things like that because they know they're going to be used to kill people. Right. But, you know, whether that's not what he's referring to or not, there is a mythology going around that New Hampshire somehow benefits financially from this relationship with the federal government with the federal government, and nothing could be farther from the truth. New Hampshire is one of the few states that is a net taxpayer, yep. which means that the, New Hampshire is giving more money to the federal government than it's, than it's getting, getting back. back. So... It would absolutely be beneficial. I like how the one representative got up there and said, well, I intend to vote no on this. And then he pointed out that he contradicted the previous guy, uh, the Brody Deshaies guy. He said, well, we do actually have one international airport already in Manchester, and we have another airport here in Concord that could very easily be upgraded into an international airport. Yeah, and he was working under the auspice of some, some whack, wacko bird idea that if we secede from the Union, we can no longer go use the Boston airport anymore. <laughs> I mean, okay, so if I live in Spain and I want to go across the border to use an airport in France, they're not going to let me because I'm from Spain. Or if I live in Liechtenstein and I want to go across the border to use a belgian airport or whatever they border see that's they're not gonna let me that's dumb that's the abusive world these people live in though, where if if we dare declare our independence then the united states will be like all right well we're closing all of our borders to you You can't travel into any united states territory we're cutting you off people go to down to mexico from texas all the time and get you know dentist work yes but mexico never seceded from the united states Their their argument is that in order to punish us, Hmm. the United States government would close our borders, they'd blockade the ports, they'd shoot down our aircraft or whatever. And as Matt Santanastasso pointed out, we live in a globalized world now. None of that stuff would take place. Do do you really see Joe Biden ordering (laughs) a a full-on cargo embargo blockade their ports? Seriously? In 2022, against people who were two days prior his own subjects 
we have family in other states that wouldn't put up with that crap. Right. They're like, hey, you're you're killing my uncle and aunt up there. Can you can you not do can that? You stop, please. Yeah, that would only make more states secede. If the, yeah. if they were to do something like that, it would just be a cascade of seceding states. Yeah. And you know, it, the, in in uh, in defense of the the violence thing, it has happened before. Um, not just the Civil War. There was. Uh, as the country was forming in the very early days, there was a place, and it's still up there, and the people up there are still a little bit different than they are anywhere else. It's called the Northeast Kingdom. Have you ever heard of the Northeast Kingdom? I have not. Is it in New Hampshire? It's in Vermont. Oh. The Northeast Kingdom is an area, you'll see bumper stickers that say NEC on them, N-E-K, it stands for Northeast Kingdom. It's an area where way back when, when the U.S. US was being formed, they didn't want to be a part of Canada, and they did not want to be a part of the United States. They wanted to have their own little uh, autonomous region with a king, and they wanted to elect a king, and that's what they would have. They wanted to have a kingdom, and they were not allowed to have the, a kingdom, and now the Northeast Kingdom is just a, a cultural memory for them. But even if you go up there today, they people who are from the Northeast Kingdom don't really like people who aren't from the Northeast Kingdom. And uh, they talk a little bit different, just a little bit. All right. And uh, it's definitely slightly culturally different because by nature, they are the descendants of the people who wanted to be cut off from all these yahoos and hoop jacks that are trying to control them. Well, we see the same thing here in New Hampshire where there's a large distrust in the federal government just from people who were born and raised here. People who have mm-hmm. lived in New Hampshire for generations, they just yep. have this natural libertarian leaning where... The, the guy who went up today and said, you know, I'm, I oppose this bill because I think instead it should be amended for New Hampshire to declare its loyalty to the United Kingdom. That was great. That was brilliant. I, I realized where it was going to go. And he I was started English. laughing. Yes, he was. He, <laughs> he, made it so he did much it with better. an English accent. It was delicious. It was. Of course, video for that is going to uh, be available at some point. You can probably find it at freeking.com and, of course, nhexit.us. In the meantime, you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in on New Hampshire Independence or whatever else is important to you, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome, 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. If you don't already know about this important world-changing information, head on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Getting Started at the top of the page. Take a few minutes out of your day to watch these important, just a few short videos that will teach you the basics about this important and world-changing technology. Last I heard, Bitcoin's hovering around like $42,000, $43,000 per. It seems to be leveled out at that point. So something is going to happen soon, one way or the other. And based on Bitcoin's history, I expect it's not going to stay at 42000 long before it catapults up to, you know, who knows. Yeah, I think we're looking at our end-of-year sell-off still i think we're still looking at our uh, you know the big institutional investors like to dump a bunch of bitcoin every year at the end of the year and they do and you can season. stay up to all the you can stay up to date on all of the news and headlines about bitcoin at news.bitcoin.com again that's bitcoin.com we were expecting you know a upward trajectory toward the end of the year because that tends to be how it goes and then there's the new the lunar new year where it sort of falls a bit but 
the rules of 2018 don't seem to apply to the rules of 2022. Yeah, you know, I've also seen a bunch of, uh, I've seen quite a few libertarians. Well, I don't know if they're libertarians, but they're on my friends list. And I picked most of them up during the Ron Paul 2008, 2012 campaigns, I think. So I just assume they're liberty leaning type people. And a lot of them are like conspiracy theory ish about Bitcoin. Like it's the, it's the one world currency, uh, I, if I you're was saying that, someone about that today. Did you? If that's what you think, then you don't understand Bitcoin at all. And to say nothing else, to say nothing of the uh, the thousand other cryptocurrencies that are out there. They don't really get it. If you have ever read Satoshi's white paper, there is no way. Th- this is actually the exact opposite of right. that. Um, and I think it's important for people to, to distinguish cryptocurrency from digital currency cryptocurrency might be digital but this is not something that a government ever put out because it's very they would never put out anything that's going to protect anybody's privacy and sure. encryption is for the purpose of protecting privacy so uh the the government very well may put out a digital currency someday but that uh, i sure guarantee will. you it will not be a cryptocurrency and it probably won't be open source like crypto or Correct. bitcoin no. so that way people can all audit it every mm-hmm. single day constantly let's go to the phone so we have bad slave calling from here in new hampshire bad slave you're on free talk live thank you for taking my call um i just wanted to report that um Back in 1982, my son was born in a home birth with a midwife. Very nice. And um, and that was in Massachusetts. So, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, they have what we called lay midwives uh, to do uh, both uh, my son and my daughter. What is a um, lay midwife versus just a normal midwife? That's basically what I was talking about earlier as a lay midwife. Okay. A lay midwife would be one outside of the hospital system. Yeah. Uh, Not, uh, but until you make them get a license and then you call them a CPM. Certified something. Professional midwife. Okay. They're they're lay midwives. They are, they're real from, from the earth midwives, you know. Okay. The, the, uh, the, all the training and, and they, they, uh, they, they offer a lot of, of service. Uh, you know, for, for, you know, people about to have children and it's, it, it's really fabulous. I just, I just have to say it was a, a wonderful experience. My, uh, my daughter was born in an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, my, my son, it, it took six hours, but, uh, um, that was an 82 and 85 I have grandchildren now. Unfortunately, they weren't home births, but uh, but uh, my that's my just sort of how it goes now. Home birth in two in the two thousands or in the late nineties. It just sort of seems like this thing that's for kooky people, right? Well, I, but but that wasn't the case at all. I I, no, I, I mean the cultural I just, the culture at large suggests that people who who give home births are these weird outliers you know they're these conspiracy theorists who just don't trust the hospitals or the doctors or something like I, that being from upstate new york i would have said the same thing because midwifery is extremely controlled in new york like it is prison time if you practice midwifery in new york and it has been for a long time so except for the nurse midwives of course inside the hospital but the, but the, 
Massachusetts lay midwives were uh, they they were great. And right, they but were that's the difference between Massachusetts and everywhere else, though. Mi- Massachusetts has great midwifery laws, and when I mean they have great midwifery laws, I mean they don't have any. Right. And so, right so in Massachusetts culture, it's probably more prevalent. And if you're from Massachusetts, you probably don't think a second thing about it. You know, yeah, midwife. My mom had a midwife, whatever. You probably, but me being from New York, I never heard of them. I, I didn't. I knew what that. I, I'd heard the word before, but what that makes sense. I being from Mississippi, I don't think I had ever heard the word midwife. Either. I mean, I probably heard the word at some point, but the idea of someone actually using one to have an at-home birth, it was just completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone who had used Did, a midwife. Uh, was there any discussion of, 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 you know, getting rid of, of, of the medical control uh, regulation? Not at that particular meeting because the New Hampshire midwives are very acclimated at this point. They are very programmed that they are um they are regulated somehow they are people who are of the uh, opinion that it's good to be regulated you know they the, the, it's hard to get slaves to see that they're slaves and if you try to take them off their plantation they might fight you that's too scary thank you so much for the call tonight best slave you're absolutely right it's it's hard sometimes impossible to get people to see that they're slaves. One of the things that we did for this, the whole reason the New Hampshire Independence Bill got started in the first place was Dave Ridley called one night and he wanted to organize something like this, but he was he was concerned because a bill hearing in New Hampshire cost about $2,000 in total. And he didn't want the American tax or the New Hampshire taxpayer to have to pay for that. So, you know, I went, okay, well, we'll put up $1,000. Let's, let's get this thing going. So it finally happened. We did, I was there today giving out a five gold back to anyone who walked through the doors. Didn't ask them. I don't care what your opinion on the bill here is. I don't, I don't care if you're just here to watch. Yeah, I wasn't going to take it until I saw it was a fiver. And I'm like, Aria, yeah. give me. I'll, yeah, whatever. I don't care if you're for the bill, against the bill. I don't care if you're one of the representatives. I don't care if you're a bailiff. I don't care. You're here. You're a taxpayer, presumably. Here's a five. And it, it is about $20 in gold. But we, I did have people tell me, no, thank you. I saw that happen to you and you said, it's free. Free <laughs> gold. Like, yeah. You idiots. I expected yeah. this problem not to be as severe and it wasn't as severe at the, you know, this this place was packed with libertarians. The committee chairman asked the question of how many people are free staters and probably 60% of the people in their room raised their hands. I thought it was more than that. I I wanted to I wanted them to say, "Okay, well, how many aren't?" Cuz cuz I couldn't <laughs> see through the forest of arms that went up. There were That's a true. lot of good. libertarians there, and they're more inclined to recognize the value of gold. But I remember these videos that this guy called Mark Dice, who I don't support because he's really kooky, but he does he does these videos where he will go out into the streets of like California, like, hey, here's you know an ounce of silver, or here's a point twenty five ounce gold coin, or here's a Hershey's bar. Which one do you want? Do you want the they take the Hershey's bar. Do you want the ounce of silver? Or do you want the Hershey's bar? Over and over again, they take the Hershey's bar. <laughs> the initial idea for this was, okay, well, then I'm just going to walk through the streets of Keene or Manchester or wherever, handing out money to people. I think it would be difficult to hand people cash, to just walk down the street and be like, hey, here's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. I think most people would be unwilling to accept it. Because they would they would just expect there to be some sort of string attached to it. Like, you're not really standing here giving away free money. But that's the issue with giving away USD. With giving away gold and silver, the average person just has, 
no understanding of why it would have value in the first place. So a lot of people, uh, actually it wasn't a lot. It was probably three to five people, one of whom at least worked there, who declined to take one. Uh, Chris Wade, who's here on the show on Friday nights, he declined to take one. I was like, dude, this is the point. The point of all of this. This all started because we agreed we would give these things out. Take one. And he still just kept going. What a what a buzzkill, man! <laughs> Dang, I well, I'm why. glad I I took it. I was not gonna take. It. I saw you do. I was like, I am not taking her gold. I am not taking her gold. I I have my own gold at home. I don't need to take Arya's. But and the whole point. Then I saw it was a five. Yeah, I didn't have a. I didn't have a five. I only have a one. Now I have a one and a five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole point of acquiring that gold in the first place was to give it away at this build hearing. So it wasn't my gold. It was the taxpayers' gold. And we were just returning that to them, so to speak. You're a hero. Not really. (laughs) I'm a troll, and I think it's funny that we did that. (laughs) Trolls can be heroes. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on the New Hampshire Bill hearings or whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where your calls and thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And none of us paid any attention to what was happening outside of New Hampshire today. But Matt, you just found an article. We were talking previously about the differences between digital currencies and cryptocurrencies and these central bank digital currencies. We knew the this was coming. China is already beginning to launch their own central bank digital currency. And when you look at it realistically, the United States dollar already is a central bank digital currency basically yep like 97 percent of the total u.s money supply exists only digitals and ones yeah yeah so i don't know why the usd doesn't already qualify but what they want to do is they want to cut out wells fargo bank of america and all of these other banks and you'll just have one account with the federal reserve bank or whatever and They'll control all of your money. You can transfer it to another account owner within the Federal Reserve Bank. I don't think the government's equipped to deal with this, and it's going to make Wells Fargo, Bank of America, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase very, very unhappy. Well, it actually says the opposite in here. Um, It it says the opposite of how they want to. It says that the law does not allow them to hold accounts for average individuals. It would have to be an institutional 
only kind of thing, if ever. Um, the Fed is typically just bank to bank. Um, it's interesting because this is pretty much uh, breaking news. This is from uh, 3.49 p.m. today. This article was put out by the Washington Post. Uh, that Fed, makes sense. So the Fed uh, Sorry, New York Times. New York Times. So the Fed wouldn't actually be able to have accounts from individuals. They would still require Wells Fargo and all of these other banks to have accounts on those individuals' behalf. Right. Basically. Yep. Well, how's that any different from what they have now? It's not. Um, now, this uh, the, the title of the, uh, the, the article is Fed Opens Debate Over U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency with Long-Awaited Report. Um, and... One of the what m- kind of a person waits on the Fed's report about something? Like, oh boy, I'm so do. anxious for the this entire federal report. U.S. economy. The entire U.S. economy does. All of Wall Street does. It's 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 unhealthy. It's an addiction to. It's an it's another addiction to another bad individual. Basically, it's like the it's the beaten wife syndrome all over again. It's everybody with the Fed. So this is going to be a new thing. It's not going to be like the dollar digital. No, and be- and the thing that uh, they're they're looking for public commentary and they want to hear from their institutions how they feel about issuing uh, the, the fed issuing a digital currency um i may notice i'm not saying cryptocurrency i'm saying digital currency and that's what they're well, this won't it. be cryptographically secure for sure Correct, but they're going to absolutely take every chance they can get to commingle those terms to confuse people of course they're the government yes i, w- I, w- I wouldn't put I wouldn't expect anything else from them. They're going to say we're the official digital currency. All those other digital currencies when are we were, regulated. Well, well, yeah, when we were raided and they were questioning me, they the the FBI lady wanted to know all about digital currency. I'm like, digital? You mean cryptocurrency? She goes, digital currency. I said, no, crypto, cryptocurrency. She goes, why don't you tell me the difference? I said, mm. well. Digital currency is something like you guys would put out, and cryptocurrency is stuff that other people use so that you guys can't see every move they're making all the time. And she got really mad at me. But one thing I noticed from this article that's kind of a big red flag for me isn't really the content of the story. What is a red flag for me is that I see an acronym. And whenever government and control freak type people start developing acronyms for things, it's almost like it's already official. As what far is the as acronym? CBDC. Yes, sir. Man. Central bank digital currency. <laughs> Central bank digital currency. It's been and, going around for a while. Yeah, but they they've dropped it into this. There's about a dozen mentions of it in this little article. Like that acronym keeps falling into every paragraph. It's like, did you really need to say it that many times? Well, I mean, it was inevitable that such a thing would be developed after the Chinese government implemented their social credit system. Just imagine if you combine the social credit system with the central bank digital currency where all of your money, all of the money is online and they can cut off and close your account or your ability to transfer money for any reason they want. If your social social credit score gets too low, they kill your account. They're like, all right, well, here's a week without being able to pay pay your bills or pay groceries or something like mm-hmm. that. Starve. Yeah. Did you learn your lesson? Because if not, we'll be ban you for two weeks. Be a good citizen. And we'll go up to 30 days and we'll go all the way up to banning you for life if we have to. They do. That's that's a, Isn't that just a frightening thing? How the people That's the of, world they want to build because that allows them total control of our lives. It does. It does. And China's just the test bed for it. In fact, somebody at the uh, at the hearing tonight was talking about how China and Australia were being the currently serving as the test beds for a full control society using a social credit score. He pointed that out as a response to one of the representatives just completely 
insane China's trying to take over the world rhetoric because that's what that guy was saying was like, what, what would an independent New Hampshire do to combat the rise of China and oh, communism I don't think I, I mean, was there for that <laughs> we would we would compete with them yep in a free market and we would slaughter them <laughs> that's how we would come back you know and capital, the guy pointed out this is a spiritual battle one yeah and and free market capitalism like true free market capitalism trade between people for whatever they want for any for whatever cost they can agree on literally is the match in the darkness that defeats communism it literally is the match you light a match in a dark room you just destroyed dark and we saw that in you in uh, North Korea and in China as well, where North Korea they they clamped down on their black markets, and the result of that was that people started starving. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, we're and to this day they continue to turn a, bl- a blind eye to black markets within North Korea. Yeah, because- they adhere to socialism well. like crazy, and they don't realize that uh, you know ca- communism in all its degrees, whether it's just mild socialism all the way up to full blown dictatorial communism, it is absolutely awful. And it, it just gets worse. Work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> but when, no matter how many times it fails, we still end up with people like Sarah from New Mexico who say, well, that that, that wasn't real communism. Right. That's it's because like, Sarah wants everybody to do everything else for her. But it's not just Sarah. There's a there's a ton of people who say, well, the Soviet Union wasn't real communism. North Korea isn't real communism. China isn't real communism. It's because people don't like to believe that they've been duped. I mean, the United States isn't real capitalism either, but it it's a lot closer to real capitalism than that, what they ever were. And no one here ever stood in line for bread. And no one. He, well, they did. But that was during the rationing of like World War Two and stuff yeah. like that, where they uh, due to socialism. Yeah. Due to public works <laughs> projects like war. They implemented socialism in order to combat their, as you said, their public works projects. Right. So those things did exist here briefly, but you never hear about the people, you know, T- building rafts and crossing oceans in order to and escape. nobody ever built a trash out of or built a raft out of trash to get to Cuba. Yeah, to escape the horrors of capitalism, whatever. And if the I, I'm willing to admit, yes, the United States is not capitalism, but it's still sort of close to capitalism. And the, if we want to call this almost capitalism, fine. Almost capitalism has still lifted a ton of people out of poverty. Poverty doesn't really even exist in the United States unless per- a person is like destitute and homeless because of whatever reason, because they choose that or because they have a mental illness or because of unfortunate circumstances. That, and th- there are charities in place that will help these people get out of that situation if that's the circumstance. But other than that, poverty doesn't exist in the United States. I'm thinking about these ghettos in Mississippi that I grew up around that had 65-inch televisions and iPhones in them and stuff like that. You're like, you want to describe the people living in this brick house with a 65-inch television, two vehicles, a, a computer, a PlayStation 3, because that was the latest console at the time, I think. You want to describe those people as living in poverty, which is the same word... You're using for families in Khalifi and Bamet counties in Kenya who have to walk for miles to get drinking water. Yeah, nobody nobody in your home area has flies landing on their eyeball and not blinking because they're so famished they can't think of anything else but their, their hunger pains. Yeah, the perspective of people in the United States has just been completely lost. There is no lower class in the middle in the United States. There's middle class, there's upper middle class, and then you know it goes on from there. But no one is low class in the United States unless they just choose to be they have a mental illness and end up in that situation or unfortunate circumstances befall them and they haven't had time to lift themselves out of that. And the things that hold people down that people do complain about and call the fault of capitalism is the actually the fault of the part of the United States that is less free, the socialist part of our economic system. 100% of the time. 
Yeah, like the city in California that clamped down on this guy who started a shoe shining business because he was able to get an apartment. And, oh, you don't have a license to shine people's shoes, so you can't do that anymore. Get back out there on the streets. Incredible. 603-283-6160. We're going to help more about Central Bank Digital Currencies. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where, as always, you're invited to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Matt, and Bonnie. And I did happen to catch a glimpse of a friend of the show, Nobody Today, as I was at the Bill Hearing in Concord. Good to see him. And he's not currently allowed to be on the show or anything like that, so... Bonnie has been going through old episodes with him and old videos that he did and stuff like that and compiling some of his quotes, especially when he was running for governor because he is named nobody. I know him as Rich Paul and I'm, I call him Rich Paul all the time, but that's totally fine now because now nobody has a DBA a doing business as Rich Paul. So, <laughs> Oh my God, when did that happen? <laughs> uh, that happened, I think, about a month ago, right? Oh my so God, that's great. Instead of changing his name back to Rich Paul, he created a new business that is named Rich, Rich Paul. Paul. And he said, I missed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? Yeah. Of course he did. So he also said the government fears nobody because nobody tells the truth. And we got a lot of that today at the Bill hearings that we went to. Uh, it sounds like you got it probably a bit worse than we did because we only went to one of them, obviously. But even at the one that we went to, is just a lot of misleading statements from people, especially the the expert who, as Carla Garrick pointed out, spoke for 27 minutes. Well, they, they wanted to tell us, OK, you only have three minutes to speak. Well, hold on, hold on, because we're already off to a bad start here. Why does well, he... in his defense, the guy running the show was appointed that speaker to do the research for the meeting and then deliver his findings yeah, the before real... the public speakers came Well, he in. should have had three minutes to give his findings the same way everyone else got three minutes. The real crappy person in that whole group, even beyond Brody Deshays, I think was the main guy. I don't even know his name, but I called him out in my speech because I just couldn't take what he was doing to people anymore. He was, you know, putting people down... You know, oh, ha- this lot- is the free staters. Oh, it's you guys with your drugs. With drugs. What? First thing you went to was drugs. I didn't fight offense with that statement, but I- no, this is how I took it. It was I don't need to take this seriously anymore. This is just a free state. This is just these group of people who don't want to be controlled in every aspect of their life. Uh, we're going to control you anyway. Oh well, Bonnie, you gave him a pretty good smackdown, though. Yeah, I did. I you also said didn't... that your dad was in the military for decades, and his your grandfather before him. Your grandfather had a very rough go of life because of his uh, the things he experienced in the military, and that because he was trying to tell you, do you think those people that fought for our freedoms would feel good about you people wanting to leave the union and and so forth? And you basically told him, yeah, he would be. They would both be totally disgusted with you. Yeah, I wish that I could have uh, finished like writing what I was thinking, but as I was writing it, he called my name. And basically, what I wanted to the point I wanted to get about him uh, about me saying that my parent, my grandparents, and my dad were in the military were just that he 
he is the opposite of what my dad is. My dad sees the beast for what it is and he joined it because he was, you know, I'm helping people. I don't have the internet. This is the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> like, my dad was always getting in trouble for not, um, for not doing great. things the dumb way. Like, he would tell his people under him, no, do it this way. This way it makes more sense. Then he'd get in trouble by his superiors. No, you have to do it the dumb way because the government said so. You know, things like that. And I don't know. I, ju- I just think that it's ridiculous that y- he, you know, he's pulling the, I was in the Marines, uh, card well yeah my grandpa was in the marines too and he was ordered by his superiors to kill uh school children and it's ruined his entire life did he say did the chairman say that he was in the marines because if he did i completely missed that he said he was in the marines and he was i don't know just making that seem like some kind of therefore everything i say about the federal government is better than what you have to say yeah a lot of people who were in the federal federal government and work for them are completely against what's happening well, one of the people who helped write the bill and introduced the bill was Matt Santanastasso, mm-hmm. who was also in the military. I That's believe right. he was a pilot in the military. Yeah. So, he was a helicopter I mean, guy. Yeah, so it's not... Be, being in the military doesn't guarantee any one particular position or another, but all of the former military people I know tell me you can't trust the federal government. Yeah, I grew up in you know military bases and uh, with my parents talking about, like, oh, this is the government's fault that this is you know we're not working right and this is slow and you know everything sucks because the government you know is so bad at doing its job and uh, you know we firsthand got to witness that while some people you know their parents just lived worked in the private sector and they just believed that everything went on fine because you know the firefighters were doing handling all that for them or whatever it does seem to be the case that the government is good at doing its job if its job is killing people (laughs) but as far as wasting money like crazy yeah, if if you could employ someone to do those two things, waste as much money as possible, kill as many people as possible, government would be the most qualified candidate in human history. If you wanted someone who is qualified at helping people, alleviating poverty, curing disease, or any anything else, the government is one of the least qualified people to do that. The other thing that bothered me about what that guy said was something he said to Arya. He was like, oh, well, the federal government doesn't run my life. You know, I'm doing yeah, fine. Dude, that was bizarre when he claimed that he wasn't because I was leaving at that point. I was done. There was nothing less left I had to say. And I knew they were going to have any questions. He just wanted to get a little word in edgewise. Yeah. He goes, I don't, I don't know. About, I'm not governed by anyone. So I sat back down. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a question to me. What do you mean you're not governed by anyone? There he sits, a U.S. Marine. <laughs> who all of his mannerisms when i walked into the room i was like oh that guy's a military guy yeah you know they've the way he infiltrated walks. your brain kind of and- drags his knuckles when he walks a little bit <laughs> and, like leans forward in his, in his gate you know but and- a u.s house representative being so ignorant about just the nature of the world he lives in that he there's no way he believes he's not governed by anyone. Tell, I, I want to tell him to stop paying his taxes. The the worst part See about that happens. to me is just that he is so complicit in the you know torture and murder of people around the world. He's uh, I'm fine with paying my taxes. I like paying my taxes. You know. Like, I don't know that he ever said that. No, I'm just saying he didn't say that he likes paying his taxes. It's just he's saying nobody's telling me what to do. You know, I'm I'm fine with the way things are. Like, what are you saying? Then well, you're fine with torture? See, that's the issue, though. And I don't remember the... Heim, Heimlin? What's the author's name? Heimlin. Yeah. He he pointed that, this out with one of his characters who was like, I am free because I do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if if the government comes at me for that, then that's their fault. But I'm not free... Because the government says I am, and if they happen to outlaw murder, 
that's fine. That doesn't affect my freedom because I didn't want to kill anyone anyway. And that's fine for people who just want to obey the rules. Sure, representative up there saying you're not governed by anyone. You just want to follow the rules. You don't find the rules to be unbearable to you. But I guarantee you he speeds on his way home. Sure he does. And he runs stop signs and red lights, same as anyone else. And he's not going to get a ticket because he's got those state rep things. But to to act like he's a 100% law-abiding citizen, that's true, sure. And most Americans think that way. They think, I'm perfectly free. The government... But when you're pulled over at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're telling you to get out of your car so you can search it and you're by yourself, you'll realize right then how not free you really are. And the issue is that most people have never been in that position. Right. Where a cop is telling them, all right, step out of the car. And, they, and then it hits them. I don't know what my rights even are. I don't know if I'm allowed to say no, I'm not getting out of the vehicle. I don't know if I have the right to say no to this. What What are my rights? And if you don't know your rights, you might as well not have them because you can't assert them and you can't stand your ground on them. And the cop isn't going to tell you your rights because their job is to trample your rights. So sure, Mr. Representative, you're free because the state has never come after you. That doesn't make you free. It makes you lucky. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. And we are currently not streaming to YouTube, much to the disappointment of some of our trolls who just love arguing with us on YouTube. I mean, they don't even argue with us. They just sit there saying the same things night after night after night. Are we not streaming to Odyssey? We are, we are streaming to Odyssey. We are not, however, streaming to YouTube because we are currently on another suspension from YouTube. This one, we have another strike coming off, I think, in early February. I don't remember the exact date. And until then, any additional strikes would result in permanent deletion of the Free Talk Live channel. And we're dealing with this on Facebook, Twitch, DLive, all of these other platforms. It's just not worth it to us. And why, why are you still using these platforms? Aren't they just so irrelevant at this point people gotta get away from these things like odyssey is so much better oh my god is that so much better than youtube it is and you can find our channel there at video.freetalklive.com again that's video.freetalklive.com you don't have to worry there 
whether we're going to be there one day to the next or whether YouTube's going to suddenly say, oh, some, someone's going to go look at our yep. videos from two weeks ago and go, oh, no, this needs to be reported. And YouTube will mm-hmm. go, nope, third strike, you're out. Yep. And you know, and while we're at it, while we're talking about it, I'll take this opportunity to plug some friends. Uh, the, the, if, you're, if you're really addicted to Facebook and or Twitter, there's a great little thing called Float, F-L-O-T-E, that kind of takes the place of both of those things, and it is run by known liberty people, actual liberty people. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. We have Jessica calling from Missouri. Jessica, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hey, Aria. I wanted to know, I'm going to move to New Hampshire, and I wanted to know how long I had to reside there in order to attain citizenship of the state so that I may vote in the local elections. 12 now, seconds. Do you mean, is this a hypothetical question post-New Hampshire independence? No, it's just to find out, you know, because... Oh, you just you have know, to have proof that you are in the state of New Hampshire, more or less. You just have to have some sort of physical address that you can say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. You Thanks. can register to vote the day you vote. Yeah. It's super easy. You can register the same day? Yep. Yeah, I've, I registered as a Republican only like a month after moving here, and it was fine. But I don't think I was voting for anything, so I don't know if that's answering your question now that I think about it. Yeah, part part of it, it's it's a, actually a little bit of a matter of contention in the state because there is a strong suspicion that a lot of people come up across the border who are getting paid by the DNC, for instance, and they're registering to vote in New Hampshire, and then they do. And then they go right back on the bus and they go right back across the border. So, yeah, at least for now, you can register to vote the same day of the election. Jessica, thank you so much for the call tonight. It it is really easy. You just pretty much have to be in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. They do ask for an ID, but I've never had any real problem. You can always opt out of that process as well. It doesn't even have to be a New Hampshire ID. It just has to have your name on it. We also have Sarah calling from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I just want to say that one thing, another thing I liked about the network marketing, the, it's called the consumer direct marketing I'm involved with, is that it skips the middleman, which is the retail store. So is this the, like multi-level marketing? Because it, it, it already sounds like multi-level marketing. Yeah, are you selling this stuff? Are you selling the oils? Well, I'm just, a, I'm just what you call a um, referral I'm like, I'm the customer plus advertisement plus salesperson. But you order, okay, but there's marketing. no store. Well, I mean, whatever you want to call it, but I mean, there's no stores. There's no like store that they ship it to and then there's clerks and they check you out. It just, you order it from the company. So it's like, yeah, I find a lot you of, a lot of, there, there are a lot of people who are against multi-level marketing, MLM schemes. But and and maybe they should be, but there are some products out there that have been marketed through MLM style marketing schemes over the years that were great. There's a there's a vitamins one that people are crazy about, and there's uh, Amway is a legendary one that was MLM, and that worked out good for plenty of people. I mean, I love Young Young Living essential oils. Is that MLM? Yeah, they're MLM. Really, and so it's kind of like Avon. Um, but I thought I thought there there was a lot of lawsuits against Amway, but they re, they straightened everything out. So yeah, people I think so that too. are involved. Yeah, I hear uh, there's people. My neighbor, her sister, is involved in it, and she's pretty happy with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not all bad. But, 
Well, here's the thing is that the I with my company, I get, you know, for advertisement, by the way, the person that signed us up, I he makes about $325,000 a year right now in commissions. Yeah, it's not because he's good at selling the product. It's good because he's, he's, he's good at getting people signed up to sell the product. And my problem with MLMs is actually just the fact that usually because of the, like, inefficient, weird way that they're set up, you're not... Yeah, I mean, like, the, I like Young American, I mean, not Young American, uh, what are they called? Young Living Essential Oils, but I could get something way cheaper from the store that is the same ingredients that just doesn't have the label on it, and somebody's selling it to me like, this is the best one. There's lots of uh, hair pr- product MLMs that they're like, this is the only good shampoo, take a look at this before and after, and, you know, people try it, and it's not that great. Now, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but... If I remember correctly, this, this isn't your first foray into multi-level marketing things. Uh, you used to call the show to promote this stuff called galactose, right? And wasn't that essentially the oh, same thing? You know, well, the galactose molecule, the Manatech company, I was taking that and I kind of phased out of it since I've been taking these vitamins. Um, so I stopped taking that, but now I'm taking these vitamins and I feel this is just as much as good. But I never got signed up for that. I just bought bottles from I just gave her money and I just bought okay. it. But my friend, so with this one, you all you do is get signed up, people that know you, that enroll you, and you just order about 35 points uh, about what you're going to use for that month. So if you have yeah, so, yeah. two people or a month, but you know what? I'm, I'm glad you like it, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much tonight for the call. But it, it just sounds like a multi-level marketing thing it here. Is. And now you're like, you sign up and you get 35 points and you get someone else to sign up and they give you X. And, then- and you know, and it's funny because what, what Sarah is trying to do here is get people to sign up under her so that she can make 325 grand a year. Yeah. But she's not a capitalist. Like, guess oh that's a good point <laughs> but i i already lost her so yeah. i wish can't i could bring her back to ask i wish i could remember the name of the brand but there was this one that my friend's mom sold in high school an mlm supplement thing and uh they had this little powder that you would put into water to drink and they marketed it to people as saying it gives you energy and it's like better than taking an adderall and so I was always like, I really want to try one of her. I think it was Herbalife, maybe Herbalife. I was always like, man, I really want to try one of her Herbalife things. And I bought one and it did nothing to me. And I was doing Adderall in high school, so I would know. And it was just a lie. I'm not surprised to hear it. It's like the magnetic bracelet things. Like, wear this and it will cure your arthritis or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there's a lot of kooky nonsense out there. And sure, I mean, if you believe it works then it's likely to work. That's just a placebo effect. And I'm not going to try to convince you that it's not actually doing anything to help you. But well, you're going to have to do a little bit more than that in order to convince me. You can't just say, well, I put it on and I feel better. Okay, that's great. But can I get a peer-reviewed study of people who were given mag- bracelets that weren't actually magnetic and reported the same thing, maybe? I started selling um, MLM stuff when I was like 21 years old because this lady... Uh, messaged me on Facebook. I lived in a really small town in Utah, and she messaged me on Facebook and said, how would you like to join my company? That's and how so, they always present us. Hey, do, do you want... Do you want to... I want to hire you. Yeah, I, I was like, this is the second job that I've been, like, praying for because I needed a second job. It's really hard in the small town, and this lady it gets me to sign up for, like, 50 bucks or something. You have to keep buying stuff, and it's called It Works. 
Oh my god. They sell this little wrap you put around your stomach that has essential oils on it and then you take it off after 30 minutes and you're skinnier. And I started I got out because I was like <laughs> I was asking my lady above me like how does this work and she couldn't tell me. Because it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Think of that number, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And we're talking about central bank digital currencies. Evidently, the Federal Reserve Bank, that is the central bank of the United States, has finally released a report about about central bank digital currencies, about whether they think it's a good idea or a bad idea. And Matt, you have the New York Times article about that. So what exactly do they say? Let's get into this article. Okay, so basically what they're getting at is that they're, they want to feel out. They're, they're officially feeling out from the public and their institutional people whether or not they should be issuing a, a central bank digital currency. Is that the report that they did, or does their report say, this is what we need to do? This is the first time they've come out and they said, we're, we want to start hearing from people what their opinions are on the matter. Does the article have any details about what the what, what exactly they intend to do? Uh, no. Um, they are, it's just a very wishy-washy thing, which makes me think that it's, not, it's already a foregone conclusion. This is more propaganda. It's being planted for something that's already been decided on. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they've probably already got the programming all completed. Now they're just buttering up people slowly, you know, do the predictive programming thing and get people, you know, aligned to the idea mentally so that they can release it on the world. And Well, I know how that goes. I mean, I attended a bill hearing today that honestly, we know probably isn't going to actually pass at this time. But the point is to get the idea out there. Yep. It's to normalize it to people because the first time they hear an idea, it sounds crazy. But the second time they hear it, it sounds a little bit crazy. And there are studies that show hearing an idea said three times by one person has exactly the same effect on them as hearing three different people Mm -hmm. say that idea is who them. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We can be lone voices screaming in the darkness as long as we're saying it. It's going to affect their brain in the same way as if, you know, they were hearing it from a different person every single time because they they judge their these ideas whether or not they're familiar with them and the more familiar with the idea they are the less crazy it sounds no yep. matter no matter what the idea actually is so it's important i think to continually enhance our message or to get our message out there and the government definitely knows that they do seem to know that they've got human psychology you know i've i've often wondered like who are the psychologists and sociologists who work for the federal government to teach them? Oh, the guy that wrote propaganda. I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, like they're, the they're proud of how hard they can bend the human mind easily using mass media and things. And they, I think they literally advise the powers that be how to melt the brains of the most people possible. How could you get out of bed every morning and go to your job working for the government destroying the, the the critical thinking ability of millions of people well, and they're proud cert- of that job. I mean, they've certainly done that. I mean, we saw th- we've been seeing it for two years here with this COVID-19 pandemic of people being afraid. Yeah, and it was on full display, which is the only reason you saw it for the last two years. And really, in reality, it's been going on for 
decades yeah, and that, decades and decades. The book I was talking about, Propaganda, is written by Edward L. Bernays in 1928. Oh, yeah, the legend. that He's uh, Sigmund Freud's nephew, right? Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe he's Sigmund Freud's nephew. Yeah, but he's a creepy guy who uh, wrote a whole book about how to influence people. Yep. And the government knows how to do that, and that's why we're dealing with the Omicron variant now. And I have a story about this and how pandemic pessimism is growing, which isn't the sentiment that I'm seeing anywhere. But hey, they know better than I do because they're the mainstream media. Mm. With the highly transmissible Omicron variant infecting hundreds of thousands of Americans daily. Well, good. Sure. There's only 300 million of them. So if it's affecting hundreds of thousands every day, it won't take long for everyone to yeah, get this be a, thing. It's be a quick job. We'll, yeah. we'll all be dead in 10 minutes or uh, we'll be uh, good to go and bulletproof because we have immune systems in 10 minutes. Optimism about the trajectory of the pandemic in the U.S. has fallen sharply and worry about contracting the virus has risen to its highest level in a year. The latest update to Gallup's COVID-19 data from a survey conducted January the 3rd through the 14th finds U.S. adult social distancing behaviors have picked up and the use of masks in public remains high. Well, that last one would be because a lot of places just put mask mandates back into place and they just remandated social distancing. So I don't think it's fair to say that people are more afraid. Governments are telling people to be more afraid. Like, there was no one social distancing at the meeting we were at tonight. No. Yeah, even but, the people that seem to be against the bill. But even but if you went to a diner in California, you would be social distancing from other diners whether you wanted to or not. And then they call you up and like, are you practicing social distancing now more than you were a year ago? Well... Yeah, because now I have to, because the state has told these restaurants that they have to re-implement it. Are you wearing a mask in public more than you were a year ago? Well, yes, because the mask mandates just came back here. So it doesn't mean more Americans are afraid or Americans are as afraid as they were more than a year ago. It just means governments around the United States have re-implemented measures designed to make Americans look or feel or act afraid. People are definitely not more afraid in Keene. Uh, we've been going to the Poor House. It's a bar here in Keene every Saturday, and there's always like, I don't know how many people in there. Nobody's wearing a mask. You know, one thing I did notice at the meetings was that the hearings was that the masks were definitely being worn by one side of the room, but not the <laughs> other side of the room, if you will. It was, ve- it was very clear how people stood based on whether or not they were wearing a It was way clearer than it should have been. I hope it's sadly. bad for them. I hope it's bad. Dude, it bad, had to be. Bad. Did you see how few people were wearing masks there? Because there were people who were there attending the hearing, not as representatives, who were also wearing masks. I think there were two of them. And there were like two representatives who were wearing masks. So that's four out of, let's see, nine, probably 60. That's two. Four out of about 70 people were wearing masks. And even the ones in masks weren't social distancing. No. It's because it's for show. It, it is. It's, it's their religious totem that tells other it people, is. I am part of your religious belief. And it was curious to see the two representatives who were wearing masks sitting beside each other on one side of the room, while none of the other representatives were wearing masks. No. But that this is how they're painting it. You know, people are social distancing now and wearing masks again. They must be afraid again. The hopelessness, the hopefulness Americans felt last spring after the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, you mean when the restrictions went away, when the mandates went away. They were hoping it was, they were first dashed over the summer by the Delta variant, which is deadlier and more contagious than previous strains, but 
We didn't have to re-implement any of these measures to deal with the Delta variant. They didn't say, oh, no, we have to go back to social distancing. You have to put your mask back on. Yeah, it just kind of came and went. It did. But the Omicron variant, which is less deadly by all accounts than the Delta variant. And by the way, it seems to be, it, it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not. If Omicron is going to infect you, it's going to infect you, which was largely the case with Delta as well. But in May and June of 2021, and as increasing numbers of Americans were vaccinated, more than four in five U.S. adults believed the coronavirus situation was getting better. Yet, as the Delta variant began to emerge and spread in July, that figure plummeted to 15%. I, I have to do, oh, from 8, 80% to 15%. It would have been more helpful if they gave us the actual numbers to make the comparison instead of forcing me to do math in the middle of a radio show. <laughs> By October, with infections from the Delta variant waning, a slim 51% majority thought the situation was improving. However, as news of the Omicron strains emerges in Africa began to circulate in November, Americans became more concerned, and the percentage saying the situation was improving fell 20% points. It just doesn't feel like that's true. I mean, It's when- not here in New Hampshire, for sure. New yeah. Hampshire is... Even the people who were pro-masks and all of they're burned out on this garbage, man. I think so, too. And I can't say that I blame them. I don't even like talking about this. It's just, as we mentioned, we've been in Concord all day, so none of us have any interesting show prep to talk about. And if you go to, you know, drudgereport.com, most of the crap they have available there is going to be either behind a paywall or it's going to be about COVID-19. And apparently... Almost all of it's about COVID-19 anyway. At the place where I work, the Mighty Moose Mart, um, way less people are coming in in masks than last time there was a mandate. Yeah, it is significant because they have no way to enforce it now. Hmm. With the old mandate, they would find the business for allowing people into their store or allowing their employees to not wear a mask or whatever. But in this new one, it's the person who's not wearing a mask who will get in trouble who will face the repercussions from the law and the repercussions are something like first they have to give you a verbal warning then they have to and to do that they have to actually take your name and if you and it takes them 30 minutes to get there so you're probably gone by the time the police actually get there anyway and then you have to be willing to give them your name so they, they can issue this verbal warning and make a note that they issued you a verbal warning and put that into their little database however they have it set up And then the next time this happens, they have to check that database to see if they've issued you a verbal warning. If they have, they then issue you a written warning. And and this is, again, you have to stay there for like 30 minutes for the police to even get there. And the next time, I believe it's some sort of fine. This reminds me of like the Vogon planet. I don't know what that is. Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You have to get into that. I've seen the movie. (laughs) 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And Matt, I have a story that I think is going to appeal to you. Um, are you familiar with the California's gov- gun stores being shut down because of COVID-19? No. Well, evidently, that's been ruled illegal 
So they can't. So apparently it was two California counties. They shut down gun and ammunition stores in 2020, saying they were non-essential during the coronavirus pandemic. Wow, that's that was something that was happening at the very beginning that seems to have ended wherever where I've been. Well, the rules of bureaucracy move slowly. Hmm. And we're going to get into that article. But before we do, let's go to the phones. We have Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you guys have given me a couple of fine segues. First with the shot and then with the brainwashing issue. Um, first, I want to tell you a joke about Kermit the Frog that I probably heard 30 years ago that could be applied today from the way things are going. All right, so it seems things have gone sour on Sesame Street. And Kermit the Frog, he finds himself homeless in New York City. Mm. And the only thing he has left to his name of value is a fine porcelain elephant that his, uh, uh, what would you call it? If, if you're a bastard, what would you call your father? So anyway, he has this frog <laughs> or this, uh, this elephant from his uh, belated, misbegotten father. And he walks into this bank. And he tells the loan officer, he says, because everybody knows who Kermit Frog is, he says, well, Mick Jagger was my illegitimate father, and this is my last gift, and this is all I have to my name. And he says, I want a loan, and this is my collateral. And the chief loan officer doesn't know how to handle this, so he goes to the president of that bank, and uh, he sits down, and the president of the Dude, bank, can you stop whispering? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Is that better? Yes. Yep. I had a little far away from my head, I guess. So the chief loan officer, he goes into the president of the bank and uh, bequeaths Kermit's story to him. And uh, as he's busy signing papers, he just kind of raises one eyebrow. He says, he looks at the frog. He says, it's a knickknack, you patty whack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. Oh, oh my goodness. God. So Major pain. <laughs> that is so far to go for such a oh weak my payoff. God. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, come on. Give that was all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't oh know man. if it was so even anyway, all right. Yeah, I know that's what not what I'm, you called in for tonight. Thanks, though. No, on, on the brainwashing issue, they got these filler commercials every time on the radio station here. And uh, most of them are government subsidized, you know, as i.e., the word filler. But, uh, they're, there's, there's trying, trying to spew so much trash. There's one guy comes on. He says, well, when I was a kid, he says, my daddy wasn't there. And I had a bicycle, and I was trying to learn how to ride it, and I fell off, and I cut myself. And I never had the courage to get back on it. And he, and he says, but now, he says, People ask me, he says, how did your daughters learn how to ride a bicycle? He says, well, I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they could teach themselves. Now, tell me, is an environment someplace you live or something you teach? They just twist words. There's another one. He says, we, we, we teach her to make affirmation necklaces. Says, what well, the what hell is, is an affirmation, affirmation necklace? They'll exactly. say, like, I am they, good they, or I am beautiful. They, they create words. They create words. They just pull things out of thin air. Here's how my mom created a atmosphere or whatever, an environment where I could teach myself to ride the bike because I was eight, which is old for not knowing how to ride a bike. I was just really scared to do it. My older sister learned and she was like four. 
my mom just pushed me down a hill and it was the best thing she could have done. Like I just started doing it and I learned how to ride it out of necessity. I don't know if that's what you actually called in for. I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. Like, <laughs> here, you're on your you're on a bike. I'm just going to shove you down this hill. Good luck. Figure it out, right? Yeah. It thank was like grassy, but... Thank you so much for the call tonight, Major Payne. Uh, I've never heard of affirmation necklaces, but I'm familiar with the concept of, you know, saying words of affirmation to yourself each morning and stuff like that. And that supposedly has a pretty positive impact on people. I've never done it, but... If that if people find a positive benefit from doing that, that's great. Sure. I mean, these sorts of things, you know, low self-esteem tends to perpetuate itself. So every time someone looks in the mirror, they say something like, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so ugly or whatever. Then that's going to, they're going to make little decisions throughout the day and throughout their lives that will make that reality for them. So words of affirmation are designed to counter that, where mm-hmm. instead they say, oh, I'm so beautiful. And then they make little tiny decisions, not, not even being aware of it throughout the day that in the long run leads to them feeling or looking more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Change your mind, change your life. It does sound silly to make a necklace out of this, but you know, what do I know? Well, we're talking about California here. So two California counties violated the Constitution's right to keep and bear arms when they shut down gun and ammunition stores in 2020 as non-essential businesses during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, that's something... We're not going to see again. We're not going to see them shut down non-essential businesses again because those same non or the yeah, those same employees who were considered essential now are being fired for refusing to get the vaccine. Now don't don't say you won't see it again. The hu- the 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 human race is totally acclimated to seeing it once. They'll do it again. <laughs> I don't think they will. I don't think they can. Uh, well, man, I don't think the economy people, could survive people are it again. Cows, man. Maybe not in every part of the world, but maybe in some. Like, what I, I think saw living here in the United country. States, there's a lot of docile cows out there walking the streets with masks on and hypodermic needles sticking out of their deltoid. <laughs> I don't know, but do you think in New Hampshire we could go back to only... I mean, I don't know. Did you guys ever have only essential workers are allowed to be traveling right well, now? Well, in New Hampshire, they, they made some places shut down because of COVID, and those places bucked and refused to comply with that edict, and then they got fined a whole bunch of money, and then the courts in New Hampshire months later went back and said, oh, yeah, you weren't allowed to do that, so we have to return that money to those hmm. businesses now. Yeah, what happened in New Hampshire was they didn't close any non-essential businesses, I don't think. What was it? Well, it was very open-ended. Like, at least as far as the individual goes, there was the the catch-all phrase and there's stuff like, whatever an individual deems to be essential to their lives. So mm-hmm. it's essentially, an individual could do whatever they wanted, and it was considered essential business because they had deemed it to be essential. Like, uh, like mini-golf. Yes. I mean, that, if that's essential to your life, yes. I, they have no grounds for saying that it was or wasn't. But they did shut down some businesses. But I think the only thing they ever actually did was close dine-in lobbies. But did they go into those places and say, sorry, you guys have to shut down because you're not essential? Or was it just that they promoted this culture of fear and then people stopped going out? Like, No, it was Governor Sununu passing an order that said, if you have a, a you can't dine-in places mm-hmm. anymore, which killed the bars. Because technically, New Hampshire doesn't have bars. It just has restaurants that also serve alcohol. Hmm. I don't know why New Hampshire likes to do that, but it does. It's so bizarre. So in order to fix that, a lot of the bars around here started doing takeout and delivery. 
Of course, nobody generally goes to the bars in New Hampshire for their food, so their takeout wasn't very good. But then Emperor Sununu, in his unending genius, decided that the best way to solve the problem that he had created was to allow bartenders or anyone with a liquor license to actually deliver open beverages to residences. Instead of having them come to the bar, the, you could call up the bartender and be like, hey, I want four Long Island iced teas, and they would bring you four Long Island iced teas. And of course, it would be significantly more expensive. You'd of course, have to tip right. the guy and all of that stuff. And I'm not sure if that's still even in effect now, but this evidently was preferable. I'm not sure that's something that should ever go away. I, I'm not even a drinker, but I kind of love the idea. It sounds great, right? Like, there's plenty of times where I like had a drink. I was like, man, I want another drink, but I don't have any more drinks. I can't use DoorDash. <laughs> well, time to hop in the car. Go you can get use some Postmart. <laughs> Postmates. I don't know if people drive around here, but Postmates delivers alcohol. Interesting. I wasn't aware that any of these services had deli- were delivering alcohol. Yeah, I used to do it. I'd have to get people's ID, like a picture of their ID. Wow. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here about this California saying guns aren't essential. Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. In the number 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, Intercoin is finally available on some exchanges. You can create an account at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com using only an email address, which allows you to actually keep your privacy intact. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then buy ITR. That's the Intercoin Investor Token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org or pick up some for yourself at exmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. And you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Speaking of things happening around the world, we've been stuck here in New Hampshire. We haven't been stuck in New Hampshire, but we've been stuck in the world of New Hampshire news most of the day. But officials in Los Angeles and Ventura counties had separately won lower court decisions saying gun stores were not exempt from broader shutdown orders aimed at limiting the spread of the coronavirus early in the pandemic. So apparently someone attempted to sue them saying, no, gun stores are definitely essential. And Los Angeles and Ventura counties won those lower court decisions. But a three-judge panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected both lower court rulings. The Second Amendment means nothing if the government can prohibit all persons from acquiring any firearm or ammunition, wrote Lawrence Judge, excuse me, Judge Lawrence Van Dyke. But that's what's happened in this case. And he makes, he's right. The Ninth Circuit has yes. been on absolute fire for the Second Amendment for about Two years now. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't pay any attention. I don't know how any of this works. Is it the next level, the Supreme Court, though? Yeah, I think so. I've only heard about any of these rulings from Matt, and I probably wouldn't have even heard about them otherwise. I mean, except for this story that you're reading right now. And it's just so surprising to hear that they're ruling in favor of the Second Amendment so mm. frequently. It's really yeah, weird. And, like, you know, why? They, they threw California's age-old... Uh, magazine restriction in the garbage that's like wow when that happened i was like what is going on right now i don't know what to think about that because buyers can obtain guns only by personally going to gun stores in california 
Venture County's 48-day closure of gun shops, ammunition shops, and firing ranges wholly prevented law-abiding citizens in the county from realizing their right to keep and bear arms, he wrote. Now, I don't know if gun stores stayed open during the COVID-19 lockdown that briefly took place here in New Hampshire, which only lasted like two weeks, I think, before restaurants were allowed to reopen. It didn't last very long. I don't think the people of New Hampshire, you would have serious problems on your hands. (laughs) Uh, Well, on one hand, I could say that. On the other hand, I could say the people in New Hampshire own so many guns. Like, people don't understand. If you're not from New Hampshire, you don't understand just... How many guns here there are per capita? There was a joke like going up and down our our pew tonight at the at the state office building there when we were listening to the hearing. Somebody said that the state troopers in the building didn't allow people into the meeting room if they were carrying a flag. And I'm like, you yeah, know, that's me true. and Justin O'Donnell and Steve's Steve Z looked at each other like to prevent them from carrying a stick and do they realize like everybody in this room's carrying a pistol right now (laughs) it's like they're preventing them from bringing in a stick it wasn't that it was because that the committee chairman apparently didn't allow signs and flags and emblems and stuff like his committee that's what he said in my committee but the the small ones the i I don't know how big they were little bumper sticker size ones i think they were even smaller than that but i mean they were really small and I, I assume there was one lying around the studio somewhere here so we can show it on camera. Yeah, but that's not going to be in the camera. I, I assume those just weren't noticeable to them. Oh, there we go, right there. So it's in the center camera. So they're very, very small. I assume they just didn't notice them. It just looks like a personal item. The ones these things these guys were carrying were like full-on flags, right? Like full-size flags. This, the justice noted... While bike shops were among those allowed to remain open as essential businesses. That was the issue with the whole essential versus non-essential business in the first place. Super subjective. Yeah, it arbitrarily picked some places to stay open and close down others. The panel adopted the same reasoning in the Los Angeles County case, case, although the closure there was for only 11 days. The decision holds that governments, quote, cannot use a crisis to trample on the constitutional rights of citizens. Well... Their Second Amendment right, at least. That that was Michael Jane, who didn't point out that it was mostly focused on the Second Amendment. They, they, they can and will trample your other rights. They, they haven't been stopped from trampling your First Amendment right to express yourself using facial expressions by not having to wear a mask. It also sued... So this was the National Rifles Association. They also sued Alameda, Contra Costa, Santa Clara, and Santa Mateo, counties over their restrictions in northern california but the last three were dismissed from the lawsuit when they repealed their orders similar restrictions were imposed in 10 other states according to the firearms policy coalition another gun owners rights group that sued including connecticut georgia that one surprises me massachusetts no surprise there michigan no surprise there mississippi that surprises me new jersey new mexico new york north carolina and virginia those are all the places that banned guns from being sold? Those, Yes, those are all of these states that violated people's hmm. Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. Some of those really surprised me. Michigan? I, know, I mean, Whitmer, she became a complete tyrant right. during that's this COVID-19 right. thing. So hmm. that's why that doesn't surprise me. Mississippi surprises me, though, because the gun culture there, while not quite as extreme as it is here in New Hampshire. Still strong. Yeah, just about everyone there has at least one firearm, if not three Bunch, to seven. Yeah. yeah. 
So Ventura County believes the case was correctly decided at the district court level and is disappointed with the three-judge panel's decision. Isn't that nice to be able to say, oh, we, we believe the court system is wrong and they were right back earlier when those other judges agreed with us. Losing parties can generally ask the full Ninth Circuit to review the ruling by the three judges or petition the U.S. Supreme Court. The nation's high court has been deemed more sympathetic to gun owners in recent years. Firearms Policy Coalition Vice President Adam Kraut said in a statement that the cases resulted, quote, when authoritarian governments used COVID as an excuse to attack Second Amendment rights. The Ninth Circuit opinion confirms our claims that the COVID closures of gun stores and firing ranges is Ranges violated the Second Amendment rights of California. So I don't know anything about the Ninth Circuit of Appeals, and I don't want to ever really praise the government because they're still doing evil things. But in this case, they at least did something right. Yeah, the Ninth Circuit's been crushing it. Yeah, that, that's good to hear, especially that they're, they're, they're pro-Second Amendment. We don't know what other issues they may or may not be right. you know, pro-freedom on. As far as the two A goes, though, they've been solid for, they've been surprising me, I'll say that. So, Bonnie, you have a story, and you mentioned it. It's about Walmart uh, NFTs. I, I don't know exactly what they're doing. This from this- I will say this, though. I recently, b- before we get into the article, sorry, I recently bought tickets to a concert uh, featuring uh, Slipknot, Ginger, and In This Moment. And I didn't realize it at the time, but each ticket that I bought included an NFT of some description. Wow. I, I don't know how to redeem it or what it is. And I don't particularly care. And I don't think that I even can redeem it because isn't if it's an NFT, isn't that back? To, isn't that a, that's illegal on you, right? right? Uh, yeah. Wow. So I, but I didn't even know it was there, and now I have an NFT apparently, and I don't even know what it's an NFT of. So I mean, it's just Ticketmaster jumping in on the craze is all it is. There, there's probably no actual NFT anywhere. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that number, 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And I want to say thank you to KC Masterpiece, who is tonight's amplifier. Now, KC is a gold-level amplifier, which means that Casey's giving $10 per month to the AMPS program. Of course, we don't ask that. All it takes is $5 per month. That gets you in. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Pro- Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like the show, if you value the show, if you want to help us reach more larger audiences, if you value the ideas of Liberty or National Radio Show that people can call in and talk about whatever's on their minds, joining the AMPS program is the best way to show your support. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Casey, thank you so much for your contributions. Let's go to the phones. We have Steve calling from Michigan. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I uh, I I don't know why you guys are so sure that um, cryptocurrency isn't run by an intelligence operation. I mean, because you can um, be absolutely sure about what it is because it's open source. It is open source. Um, and... 
uh, you can see all the transactions that are happening. However, you don't know who owns each wallet, right? The government wouldn't so, create something like Bitcoin that could open the door for Monero to be invented. Well, it I think what he's happen. talking about is the wallet itself. I mean, does the wallet itself have a backdoor of some kind? Is that what you mean? Well, it might not have a backdoor. They don't really need a backdoor. I mean, why did the Crypto 6 get prosecuted? Because they weren't taking IDs, right? And I think that um, the idea of cryptocurrency, and keep in mind, I am Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I wasn't even going <laughs> to comment on any of that. Uh, we haven't been prosecuted yet. We, we were indicted, but we won't be prosecuted well, until the court in November, uh, first of all. And absolutely okay, sure. no one... So the sem- semantics of what I said... That's not, not true. Correct, but... Nobody is being uh, charged for not showing IDs. Yeah, the, the absolutely no one on any side of the argument has made any allegations well, of, pretty, oh, well, you weren't properly checking people's identities. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. So, no, 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 uh, because yeah, you're I, calling like, to, talking about the Crypto 6 making allegations. You're talking to one of the Crypto 6. I'm going to correct those allegations. I, so you don't yeah. get to say, hold on, I read something else in well, MH Inc. No. link. No, 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 I understand. I, I like Keep in mind, I, I'm an anarchist. I Irrelevant, am but go ahead. a crypto investor. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not totally against crypto. Okay, so I don't think that crypto is. I'll give you a hint, Steve. Most crypto users aren't sitting here on national radio spreading the ideas of cryptocurrency. You do that, yeah, you kind of so start defensive. to get the attention. I, you know, you're getting very defensive. I, I, I you know, I, I do sympathize. No, you asked a question. Well, if, if if they if they can't, you know, if it's truly secure, right. why, why did the Crypto Six get arrested? Well, it's very simple. We sat here for the better part of at least for me three years, <laughs> advocating for people to acquire Bitcoin and to use it as a way of defunding the war machine. And I suspect. Yeah, but why did they actually charge you? Which I don't agree with. Trust me, I don't agree with why they charged you. I don't know why I, they charged I, me because they got bored and have nothing better to do. I, and I honestly, I think you're kind of on the right track there, Arya. I think the reason they were charged was that the investigation had been going on for a really long time, and somebody at a higher level said something. Yeah, somebody at, at a higher level said. We've spent millions of dollars on this investigation. You have to charge them with something or you have to drop the investigation. Yeah, Steve, yeah, but what you're what, but hold why on, Steve, because what you're, neg- you're allowed to sell Bitcoin. Right? What you're what you're neglecting to mention here, uh, Steve, or what, what you're neglecting to realize is that this was not the first time the federal government came after Free Talk Live. They raided the studio here, I think, back in 2016. It was mm-hmm. 2015 or 2016. This is not the first time that it happened. There was absolutely no result of that whatsoever. And then they did it again. So you you, should, you shouldn't just go, yeah, but when Matt makes that point, because he's right, there is strong reason to believe that this is a targeted attack on Free Talk Live. You're back. Go I, ahead. I, I, it is absolutely a targeted attack on you guys. And I have no problem with you guys selling cryptocurrency without taking IDs. So they're calling a right uh, 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 illegal money transfer. Or Wait, whatever, why would right? dude, you, why ha- would you, you have no freaking idea what you're talking about? And it's infuriating. No one at any level of this court indictment has ever mentioned anything about looking at people's IDs. And not, okay, neither so is that wait. in any way connected right, to well then, the charges of money transmission. Why would he say that? That's fine. No, it's not fine because you literally don't know the very basics of what you're talking about. And you want to argue with okay, one of the so, Crypto 6 about it. There's nothing fine no, about no, that, on. dude. 
I'm not trying. I'm not trying to have an argument. I, 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 uh, I'm okay. So then, what specifically? Why did they charge you with, um, you know, the 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 uh, money transfer or the? You'd the, have to the ask them. They're the ones who did it. Here's what I don't right. understand. Okay. You're you're saying that they went after Free Talk Live because some of the people, the Crypto Six, were selling cryptocurrency. But why would you say that and also say that cryptocurrency was created by the CIA? Why would they go after people for spreading their CIA plant? That's proof right there that well, the CIA didn't create Bitcoin. I mean, there's lots of well, other. Well, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that the CIA uh, created it. However, um, it is. Uh, I think that um, when you know <laughs> when the uh, uh, government. Um, wants to do something they they will do it and they they definitely see you guys as a threat there's no question about that uh and that's why they came after you that is why that's the actual reason i'm just saying their fake reason for doing it was because you guys were selling bitcoin right without taking people's ids which they said was all right have a good night Steve. i'm done with this there is nothing anywhere in any of the court filings that, that are public find that had yeah, anything to do with taking that, IDs. that say anything about ids and no matter how many times me one of the people indicted as the crypto six points this out to you you keep going right back to it dude you are like dunning kruger the guy you don't have any idea what you're talking about, but you're convinced that you're the expert on the subject and you've closed your mind off to anyone who could convince you otherwise. Seems to be a lot of people's opinion about cryptocurrency when they just decide they don't like it recently. I mean, well, he I, said he held crypto. I mean, he said he had some crypto, but uh, the fact is nothing in any of the court cases has anything to do with taking anybody's identification or identifying people. But they, they Unless never he knows something that I don't. Right. And I'm, you know. One of the crypto six. I'm willing you're, to you're, bet. You're the subject matter, matter expert sitting at this table, and we all kind of are, but especially you. And I I can tell you empirically, there's nothing in the court filings about <laughs> taking ID, but he keeps saying it over and over again. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Uh, I And I, I don't know why they chose to indict us. You, again, you'd have to send the FBI an, an email. Ask but to, them. To, to, to address his, his original concern, though, because let's get to what he, was, he wanted to talk about. What he wanted to talk about was how can we be so sure that cryptocurrency isn't uh, a government, uh, dastardly government op. Right. Um, from a basic economic standpoint, the very existence of an uncontrolled currency in the wild is a death knell to controlled currencies that people are forced to use. I don't yeah. know why any government would... that re, The only thing they have to... And it's a damn good tool that they have to stranglehold entire populations is the issuance of currency. It's either the issuance of currency or outright violence pointing guns at civilians in the streets day-to-day following down the road in, a, in an absolute you know dystopian nightmare style. They don't want to look that way, so they just easily use their currency to make it happen. Now, with cryptocurrency out there, there's a competitor, and competition is bad. 
when it comes to people who want to have control. Why would they ever do that? There's no way. Yeah. The whole point of cryptocurrency is to return a person's financial wealth back to that person instead of being at the hands of the government or anything like that. Or the banks. Yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto made that clear in the early newsletters. And was correct. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, though, it is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. With tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And a lot of tonight's show has been talking about the New Hampshire Independence Bill and the New Hampshire Midwifery Bills. The New Hampshire Independence Bill isn't actually a bill. I need to clarify that point. It's a constitutional amendment. Uh, Tonight, to my surprise, they kept going, even after it was clear, like at 3.30, looking at that number of... If you want to speak, you fill out this little pink slip of paper and you pass it up to the representatives even at 3.30 when they were just starting the meeting, they had a stack of these pink slips of people who wanted to speak that was so thick. I was like, there's no way this is getting done before 5 o'clock. Yeah, and he said he would shut it down if people started being repetitive. Did he? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I knew he said that, but did he ever actually nope. start shutting it down? Yeah, that's one of the reasons no. I changed my uh, speech because I was like, the other people already covered this. He's going to stop me anyway, but he didn't stop anyone. Yeah, when I left, I think there was still three people left to go. <laughs> so I left right at the end wow. and uh, he must have let everybody go. Well, let's go to the phones. We have Jack calling from Ocean Shores. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, it was, you know... I was wondering how long you guys have all known each other. You don't have to give big details, but you guys, I listen to you seven days a week on your, your free talk live website. I love you guys. And I'm just interested in like your past, how you guys met each other, how you came together and you're living in a house right now together. uh, I assume based on my her. Two of us are pretty cool. Yeah, so to to start to answer that question, uh, this is Matt talking. I met Aria through Will Coley a couple years ago. Did you move up here with Will? No. You came up up, at the same time as Will. I moved up like a year after. A year after Will? Yeah. But I met you because of Will. Actually, I guess it was closer to nine months after he had moved up here. You moved up here because of Call to Freedom and Will, as far as I know. Anyway, that's how I ended up meeting you. Now, by the way, Aria, just shout out on national radio you are one of my favorite people I've ever met in the Liberty Migration in New Hampshire. And that says a lot there's a lot of amazing people in this state right now. Thanks. I'm glad and, to hear it. Oh, man. I, I think I think so highly of you. I, I absolutely am crazy about you. I'm glad you're my friend. Bonnie, I, I'll never forget the day I met Bonnie because it was, uh, that was uh, um, Friday nightcap. night. It was a nightcap Friday night down in Central Square in Keene. We do this every Friday night. We go down and we... We stand around uh, right at the right around midnight, and we break a law, hmm. usually open container, and we do that just <laughs> just for the sake of breaking a law. And uh, Bonnie was there. You were working on the uh, on a presidential campaign, right at the time for Young Americans for Liberty. Anyway, oh, not presidential, uh, local elections, local yeah. election campaigns uh, with YAL, hmm. and uh, you were up from Texas, and I took one look at you, and I said, Ian. 
is going to be crazy about this girl. <laughs> I, uh, I know my friend is going to love this girl. And there he was. And I saw him looking at her and I was like, I know it's all over now. And she's such a sweetheart. <laughs> so, so, uh, so Bonnie, uh, you and I go back about uh, maybe a year and cha- year and a half, maybe. Or yeah, that was October 2020. October 2020. And Aria, when did you get here? Uh the Porcupine Freedom Festival from like uh, three and a half years ago, whatever that would have been. I don't think I met you that far, that long ago. When were, when were you guys doing the show from here? When were you doing? Uh, it would have been 2018, 2019. I okay, think. so yeah. I don't yeah. know. It kind of runs together after so a few years each. But they're, they're in the Liberty Migration in New Hampshire, there's people that, you know, there's new movers all the time. And they start, you know, when they finally get settled in at their houses and their living situation, their jobs and stuff, they start to get out and join some events and things and we run into them and we make friends with them so uh you know there's people i've I've met people that have lived here for 12 years and i'm like oh you're new to the state no i'm one of the first movers oh i feel awkward now sorry you know i got here in 2013 nice to meet you i'm matt I'm like oh i know you so there's lots of instant friends around so i really don't know if it matters how long we've been friends because we're all so on the same page with so many things it feels like we've known each other forever anyway and you know that's why i got so defensive at the uh bill hearing today ian just told me that i shouldn't have gotten so defensive and let the guy get to me but i sometimes <laughs> i'll say i'm not a free estater but when that guy was talking down on free estaters and making it sound like, oh, he didn't want to even care about this bill anymore, it's just something the free estaters put together, I felt like he was attacking my friends. I did not raise my hand when he asked how many people were free estaters because I've never had any official affiliation with the Free State Project. So I'm not a free, I'm here in large part because of the Free State Project. But really, it's a very loosely connected set of relationships. Ian and Free Talk Live are here because of the Free State Project. And Ian and the LRN studio brought Will Coley here and Will Coley brought me here. So in a, you know, in a trigonometry sort of transitive property way, I'm here because of the Free State Project, but not really. I'm here because of the radio show that I was doing that brought me here. I signed. I signed the declaration. I did too. Hmm. I never did. And after some of the dealings I've had with some of the free, I love the, the idea, the Liberty Migration. I love everything about it. And I continue to promote it. But Free State Project Incorporated. Yeah. Um, take or leave them. Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you, the Free State Project is, was, and I guess on a lot of levels still is, it's, uh, it's an awesome damn thing. Because look how many hardcore raging Liberty people, I mean, really, really to their core, Liberty people live here. How many anarchists get to be in a room with 69 other anarchists? And we yeah. all just did that today. Well, there's another thing. How many how many statists move to a new house and within six months they are anarchists? <laughs> you know, one of the effects that New Hampshire can have on you is, you know, what 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 is it? What do they say? What's the difference between a, a, a minarchist and an anarchist? It's about six months. Well, Sounds one, about right. Yeah, once you trip from uh, you know being a military supporting, you know, well we need the police libertarian into, yeah we don't need any of that crap. If that takes place in a matter of six months, you must live in a place that's really well steeped in some serious philosophy, and we got tons of it. And yeah, we're right. Melanie one time asked me if I remember the day I became an anarchist, and I couldn't answer the question but i would say it was about a six month period of my yep, friend it was for me too telling me about libertarianism to 
we don't need borders. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, it's funny. I'll never. It was for me. It happened at Porkfest. I was a. Uh, it was 2011. I had been a libertarian for a long time, but I never known tons of other libertarians, so I never heard of anarcho-capitalism before. Anarchists were people who threw, you know, they pushed burning dumpsters into Starbucks and you know flipping cop cars over the street. You know, that was an anarchist to me. And I was talking to a guy who I had such severe respect for. I loved him, and I thought he was the greatest dude. His name's Pierre. He was there tonight. And uh, and um, I said, Pete, this is back in 2011. Ron Paul had just announced his uh, his can- his candidacy. And I said, Pete, are you going to vote for Ron Paul? Are we going to get the you know rally the troops, get everybody to get out and vote for Ron Paul? He's like, nah, man, I don't, I don't vote. Nah. And I was like, what? I would have voted what? for Ron like, Paul if I was old enough. He's like, yeah, dude, I don't vote. I'm an anarchist. I'm like, you don't seem like an anarchist. Then that's when I <laughs> found out about anarcho-capitalism and voluntarism, and it changed everything for me. And I and I was kind of like dismayed and like confused and kind of scared and all at the same. I said, "What are we gonna do about the post office? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, how are we gonna get a letter sent to us if there's no government?" <laughs> and that's what I thought of by email. But well, email the you know the. TRL, UPS, UPS, FedEx, yeah. anybody. But, but for, for most people, it's the roads. For me, it was the post office. So, I was very uh, similar in that I had never heard of anarcho-capitalism until I was published in some book alongside a bunch of voluntarists and anarchists who kept using the term anarcho-capitalism. And none of them actually explained what it was. They just explained different nuances about it. But I was able to get enough sense of it to put together what it is they're talking about. So I sat down to write an article about how insane it was how and how it could obviously never work. And like two paragraphs in, I realized that if I wanted to be consistent, then I had to be an anarcho-capitalist. And that's really what it's about, to be a truly <laughs> consistent libertarian, to follow your philosophy to the, to the bitter end, you will find voluntarism. Yep. And that is the main word I would use to characterize myself now. Of course, I still like the shock value of things like yeah, anarchist and Satanist and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, that gets that catches people off guard and it starts making them think sometimes. Sometimes it causes them to shut you out. It varies based on the individual. But I don't know how long it was from being a libertarian to being an anarcho-capitalist, but it wasn't very long. No. Six months to a year at the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Uh, great call. That was that you made me be introspective on that one and like uh, retrospective on that one. And I've never been to a state bill hearing before in my life, I don't think, but I wouldn't have expected to see, so outside of the Free State Project, I wouldn't expect to see 60-something people rally together all on the same side to go and speak at any particular bill. Like, yeah. how many... How many speakers are there at your state's, you know, Planned Parenthood bill or whatever? You mean four Democrats, maybe maybe 10 Democrats? We got like 60-something people. I never did a head count, so I don't know how many people were there. There was a bunch of people, though. You're about right. There absolutely were. And, you know, that was just through decentralizing the message. Everyone was telling about it, telling other libertarians about yeah. it, and we had no idea what to expect. Yeah, totally. And the fire marshal would have been nervous that tonight, too. Yeah, I think he would have made us move to the to the next room. And that's it for tonight. You can chat with us in the meantime over on our def- on a federated chat server. You can find that at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com.